Welcome to the Mindfield Podcast. We are a performance psychology company who work alongside schools to improve student performance and well-being. Our aim is to discuss current psychological research in relation to education, reinforcing good practice and sharing techniques from the wider world of performance psychology. We hope you enjoy episode two, The Importance of Sleep. Hello and welcome back to the Mindfield Podcast. Uh, how are you, Ollie? Okay? All good, all good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, so today we're going to be talking about um, the subject of sleep. And I will tell you that Ollie loves this subject. I've been waiting for this to come up. It's taken too long, but it's at the cornerstone of all your well-being, basically. So we'll just dive into it and, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So... I suppose we could start personally. How are you uh, with sleep? Do you get enough? Yeah, I love it. I prioritise it massively. Uh, Aim for your eight hours, definitely. Um, And then I also love to get naps in uh, most days. And I'm very lucky I can just fall asleep at any point. I'm sure there's people listening that are just jealous and quite frankly quite annoyed at that comment. I don't find it hard to go to sleep, but I cannot nap. No way. I, I literally... Love a good nap. I don't know how you do it. I I feel so groggy after it. I, I can't nap and then sort of jump up out of bed. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But I definitely feel around 2, 3 p.m. I'd have a little dip and I just love going for a nap then. And maybe maybe with it, how long do you nap for if you try? Uh, An hour. Fair. That could be part of the problem. If you're trying to nap for a whole hour, um, typically you go for more like the power nap style, I'd say. Kind of less than half an hour uh, is the best kind. Why? Uh, we sleep in 90-minute cycles, typically. And but the first half hour, you're not in, you're in kind of the lighter stage of sleep. And then between 30 and 90 minutes, you're in the deeper, uh, like, REM sleep cycles um, and so if you're trying to wake up after 60 minutes you're at the deepest point of sleep oh. and therefore as I would say it's kind of like throwing a bucket of cold water over your head it's a shock to the system but it also leaves like the mind and body isn't ready and that's what leaves you often feeling quite groggy and actually a bit worse than when you like sat down for lay down for the nap interesting I I suppose it's then down to how quickly you can get off. So if it's only a short amount of time and you can get off to sleep quickly, then that's great. But if you're spending sort of 20 minutes trying to get off to sleep. But again, I think that's a little misconception because even just laying down, shutting your eyes and I know it can feel annoying. And as you mentioned, it's like I'm lucky I can get off to sleep straight away, but just lying in bed and just actually giving yourself the time to relax and recover is as important. You don't have to necessarily drop off to sleep where kind of you, you lose consciousness in that sense. Just taking the time to relax is as important, I'd say. So there you go. So not lazy. Lapping is not laziness. It is definitely not laziness. I think I saw somewhere it adds like seven years to your life. It's one of those random studies where you're questioning where they've got that from, but I'm happy to buy into it. 
<laughs> I'll, go, I'll go with that. The time when I needed sleep the most, I feel, was in sort of adolescence. When I was at school, them sort of teenage years, secondary school. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like to sleep for many, many hours. Yeah. Yeah, and as backed up by science, uh, adolescents do need more sleep. So we always hear eight hours. That's more for adults, whereas adolescents, you're looking at maybe more nine, nine and a half hours. Really? As much as that? Yeah. Yeah, they just, they need more and sleep's really important for brain development. Uh, so it's during that phase uh, when you're off to sleep, particularly during the later phases, so the later cycles, those 90-minute cycles, maybe cycle four and five is where uh, learning is encoded. So when we're talking about um, children and adolescents, remembering things if they're not getting enough sleep that will actually be really harmful to them so i love hearing people doing all-nighters before exams or something it's just so ineffectual i think the problem that i had when i was a teenager is i couldn't sleep at night so i was i was going to bed really late and if you're saying we need nine and a half hours well then i was waking up really late and school starts at nine or whatever so I don't know, it didn't really work for me. That's an, it's another problem for adolescents. And again, sorry to bang on with the science, but we all have our circadian rhythm, which is uh, the body clock that our cells operate to. And that shifted back a few hours for adolescents. So rather than uh, typically for adults, maybe we're tired at 10, 11 p.m. For many teenagers, that will be shifted back to 12, 1 a.m. But then we're still asking them to wake up at seven to get ready for school, which, th- you know, they're not they're not actually tired at 10 p.m. But to get that nine hours in, so it does make it really tough. And you see some schools now, uh, particularly secondary schools, have started starting later and going on later just to get in sync with what our body clocks are doing. And you said for many adolescents there, it's not all of them, is it? Like. Everyone's different, I suppose. Yeah, everyone will have a slightly different rhythm um, and that continues throughout all your life. So you have, you know, your morning larks who get up nice and early. And, and that's you, isn't it? I, yeah. So I like oh, to... <laughs> gosh. Steph and I differ a lot on this topic in case you hadn't figured that out. But yeah, so I'll, I'll be up half five, six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's disgusting. Loving life, just getting going. Um but that's just what my body clock is is there, like is ready for. And about thirty percent of people have that. Another thirty percent are night owls, which means are up till one in the morning, but then sleep or want to sleep in until uh, nine, maybe. And unfortunately for you guys, aka Steph and many of you listening, society doesn't really benefit you in terms of work still starts at nine school starts at nine so it does hinder you in that sense so you're saying i've got a i've got a scientific excuse for not being very efficient in the mornings yeah pretty much but don't use it as a reason to be late to (laughs) mind fuel but no it is true it is it is there and you do see more offices with flexi time that's a good policy if you prefer to work from 11 till 7 and get your sleep in take advantage of that i read somewhere uh this was a while ago that it's actually about the consistency of your sleep. And I I massively relate to that. I'm not actually sure where it came from. 
But I remember reading that if you if you've been sleeping for I don't know six hours per night throughout the week, and then you get to the weekend, and then you have ten hours, you may feel more tired. And I I feel that actually sometimes when I have a big sleep, big lying, I feel actually more sort of groggy and sluggish in the day. Yeah, it's something you hear people saying. They're like, All right, during the week I can't get much sleep, so I'll catch up on it at the weekend. But you just can't do that. It's, you know, you can't eat 500 calories for five days and then just have a massive meal and that will sustain you throughout. You have to each day get a regular amount of sleep. So that means going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time or roughly the same time, getting the same amount throughout each day as possible. So do you think that not getting enough sleep has a an integral effect on an individual's well-being or their sort of performance day to day? I'd say it's the number one factor. Oh wow. For both physical and psychological well-being and performance. Um and more and more people are getting on board with that, but just to give you an example, if you're getting only five hours of sleep a night, you're effectively operating, your brain is operating at the level of someone that's over the drink drive limit. So you wouldn't rock up to work over that limit. I hope not. And yet people still constantly are doing that. And part of the problem is the brain will trick trick you and it will adjust. So if you're not getting enough sleep regularly, it will adjust and it will just lower its higher level. So you'll operate at 70%, but that will feel like you're 100%. So only if you then spent an, a week or so getting the proper amount of sleep and continue to get that, would you then realize just how ineffectual you have been operating at. And so we're seeing, uh, you know, one of the, uh, the academy I work at, we're doing a study on sleep and just making sure that our players are getting enough sleep. Real Madrid, Man United have built... Uh, hotels at the training ground to allow players to go back and rest between training sessions. Google with the nap pods. So everyone's beginning to get on board with this and appreciating just how important it is. You might have to explain Google's nap pods. So basically there's this futuristic coffin-like thing. Uh, Sound a bit weird. Yeah, we slide indoors and it's for employees to go and have a nap, I suppose, throughout the day. We all have a dip at some point in the day and that's the best time to go and have a nap. So I think Google's just brought it into their culture where you recover. Rather than trying to work eight, nine hours straight, you allow the body to recover. So as I say, you don't have to get off to sleep properly, but go for 20, 30 minutes, just lie down and just just shut your eyes, just maybe focus on your breathing or try and get off to sleep. And that will just allow the brain to reset allow the body to reset and you will feel refreshed it might take a couple of times getting used to it but i think most people can can kind of learn the ability to nap going back to your nine and a half hours for adolescence point is that nine and a half hours in the night and then naps in the day or is that nine and a half hours throughout the day you just want to aim for nine and a half hours throughout the day so how you make that up is obviously dependent on your day 
with teenagers having school, then it's typically good. the bulk is going to be at night, but it might be when they get home from school, they have a nap and that tops it up. But again, just bear in mind the 90 minute cycles. So if we maybe look at adults now, if you can get five cycles of 90 minutes at night, that's seven and a half hours, and then you get a half hour nap, there's your eight hours in like that. So it's called biphasic sleep, just having two periods across the day. Um, and I think it's something you can aim for, but I appreciate it's not possible for everyone. It's all very interesting stuff. I just wonder in case we, in case anybody is still awake um, and we haven't ironically lost you to sleep or anyone's gone off for a nap, could you sort of in a nutshell sum up the main benefits of making sure you get the right amount of sleep? Sure. So this could be really long-winded, but just keep it really simple. It gives you a reset button. It is a chance for the body and mind to grow, to develop, to refresh. So to bring energy levels back up so that you can start again uh, with a fresh mindset. Uh, it's where learning takes place, particularly later on uh, in terms of in cycles four and five of sleep. Uh, it's where learning is really encoded and kind of stored in our long-term memory, so to speak. And it has so many health benefits. It's unbelievable. Too many to list, but it is so, so important. And I hope that message has been clear throughout. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there that it's not just your brain, it's your, your body and your muscles that, that are recovering whilst we sleep. So it really is beneficial for, for many aspects of the body. Yeah, absolutely. It's where growth and development occurs both for the mind and body. And so And that's for adults as well. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. So if you're if you're not getting enough sleep, even if you're putting in all this work, you're just not giving yourself the best chance of it showing. Whether that you're a sportsman or whether you're in the academic field, you've got to allow the body time to recover and consolidate everything that it's been doing. Yeah, I just I wonder just how many people have pulled that all nighter before an exam or or before a presentation at work or I know I mean I know I've done it multiple times that's it and you do because it obviously feels more efficient than going and lying down away from the books because you're still there staring staring at them you just have to take that long-term approach and realize and trust the science behind it and just appreciate you're going to be better off coming back to it in the morning. Maybe you wake up a little bit earlier. Maybe you only get six, seven hours, but you're still going to, your brain is going to be ready to take on new information. There's only so much we can take on throughout the day. So when you're working away in, at the 20th hour, it's just really inefficient. Yeah, you know, it's something that I'm really going to, I'm really going to take care of and make sure I, I put extra focus into uh, in the coming weeks. You'll be pleased to hear. Uh, so thank you again for listening we really do appreciate it uh, you can get us as always on Twitter or Facebook at MindFuelPerform uh, if you did enjoy uh, our podcast today please please do rate you can do give a star rating and subscribe or give us a comment on there it really does help to get it out there um, and we will speak to you next time Bye.